Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Hey, what's going on, No Bad Dog Army? Tom Davis here, the host of the No Bad Dogs podcast, the podcast where we love living. Of course, we work dogs. Thank you for joining me. Today, we have a podcast um, that I think is going to be beneficial. Now, this heats up wicked at the end. So in the beginning, I'm not saying skip it, and I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm just saying a lot of the stuff that you may hear in the beginning kind of paints a picture for what we get heated up in in the end. So I get really, not fired up, but there's some really good stuff that we cover that we haven't covered in other podcasts at towards the end of this. So I just wanted to let you know, in the beginning, uh, the owners talk a lot about what they're dealing with and the problems, which is beneficial to you to give you context of what they've done and some of the problems that maybe you're having at home. But at the end, it really gets fired up and we, we go over some good stuff and we start to execute on some ideas. You know, it basically sounds like this. Yeah, but I don't know what to do. Yeah, but I understand. Like, I watch your videos. It makes sense. But what do we do? And then those are the things I'm like, all right, this is what you need to do. Here's the reality. And we kind of get into it um, in a good way. So I hope that you guys enjoy that. Um, Really quickly, before we start this podcast, at the end, as you guys know, I answer your questions. So make sure you listen to the end because there is a QA. and a And if you guys want to answer, ask me your personal questions about your dog, all you have to do is review this podcast in whatever, however you're listening to this. And uh, I've been looking at the iTunes uh, podcast. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, go and leave a review, an honest review about the podcast. And then within that, you leave your question and I answer three of them at the end of the podcast. So make sure you go and do that. And if you guys haven't yet, just so you know, the official No Bad Dog Members Club, which is the uncut some of the unreleased footage that we put on YouTube is in a platform. It's a great community. That price is going up next month. So remember, if you guys do want to join and lock in your $19.99 for all of the unreleased content and all of the unreleased seminars and all the stuff that we do, click the link below. Make sure you join. And uh, yeah, because the price is going up. If not, that's fine too. We're going to get into the podcast. I hope you guys enjoy. And here we go. Hello. Hey, Tom. So we have a Belgian... She's way too smart for us. And she likes to pull a lot when we walk. Um, and we've just been having a hard time controlling that. Um, like she's good sometimes, but it's not very consistent. So like I know we're not consistent with her. So we're just trying to figure out how to keep her from snaking everywhere and like pulling us. So a lot of times when she's pulling, we know she's smelling something and she gets there and she stops. But like mm-hmm. I get frustrated, like, I feel like I'm constantly like being dragged and I'm like heavy and we're trying to figure out how to like control that. Um, so that, you know, I don't get as frustrated and the walks are like more durable for both of us. Cause like, I know she also doesn't, also doesn't like it when we like tug back at her and tell her, like, 
stop and sit. Um, so we're just trying to figure out how to get that under control. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how old is she? She's four, four and a half. Okay, and she's a Malinois? Is that what you said? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she has been getting better. Like, it's not like a hard pull. She, like, it's like a gentle pull, but it's, like, enough to keep your arm extended. Yeah, like, I'm, I I try to, like, put her next to me, and, and she, like, listens for a few seconds, and then next, you know, she starts pulling it. So it's just this constant battle. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. like, what are we doing to keep her by our side? Because we also, we, we want her to enjoy it and smell. But, like I said, I don't like being, I feel like, being dragged or having to hurry going at her pace sure um, yeah you if you if we try to keep her next to us we have like the prone collar and if you adjust the length and just have a very short lace like just like half a feet or something like that and that's when she will stay next to you and she will walk perfect but we don't want the leash to be that short we want to extend the leash like the six foot leash and still not have her pull on it because on the shorter very short leash she's okay she doesn't pull because she's restricted yeah yeah Yeah. um but that's kind of our biggest concern i mean there's other things like she she's afraid of bikes and motorcycles so that's one of the reasons we got the prong collar because we try to like hey leave it and she can be pretty good about it if they're too close then we can't really handle her because she she's like her you know her fear and anxiety gets like really bad um but if we see it ahead of time we can move her or try to leave it and walk away from it but that that's also been like a struggle like bikes and motorcycles she does not like there's something else um but anyways um my goal is to get her to listen to us Mm -hmm. and we can enjoy our walks like i know there's so much more we can do but like i want to do baby steps um sure that's that's our goal and for now bike for sure because if she will see a bike and she is on alert like even if the bike is across the street she will be on high alert and as the bike drives towards it from the front or the back wherever the bike is coming from and if she notices it she just gets crazier and crazier she will do a sit but she will not stop barking at the bike she she will sit down like first she pulls and if you pull her back like we have watched a few of your videos. We try to do that, like yank the collar once and let go and yank it. And if we pull her back, she will sit down. But even while sitting, she is like literally aggressive towards the bike. She's barking and whatnot. Takes her a minute to calm down after like the bike leaves. Yeah. So she's reactive to the to the bikes and the things that are moving on two wheels and things like that. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. So like bikes, motorcycles, yeah. skateboards. So like we're at a dog park and a kid is on a bike, she will take off full speed. Obviously, she's not going to hurt him because she's inside, but she's just, you know, scaring them and we're like trying to control her. Um, but yeah, she's just very, I don't know that there's much we can do about that, but I was just like, I just know that's something we also look out for. If I see it, I try not to react because I know she's going to react. But, um, you know, when she sees it and she starts doing something, then I'll like, hey, leave it. And we're like trying to use the prong collar, but maybe we're not using it as effective. Um, yeah. Cause I feel like she would stop. <laughs> yeah. So do you, so do you feel like right now, uh, when you're out with her and you're using the prong, there's two questions I have for you. Do you feel like the prong is, is working first? 
and how much time have you guys spent on the heel command in general? So our heel is kind of off. So she's, she's gone to a trainer before, but um, this is like before we knew you and it was in, what is it like boarding care? Or, like, he had her for like a whole month. Yeah. So for the first my, two years, she was bored and trained for one month, once a for a whole month mm-hmm. in a year. So first year she was bored and trained for one month. The next year it was just obedience training. Same thing for like right around when she turned two, I put her in board and train for another month. So oh, but wow. I know like, a month. You yeah. Said? Yeah. It's just, just he, he was, he was in the service. So at the time he had to kind of like leave, <laughs> he had to leave her. Um, she came back from the other trainer pretty well, but like I said, that's when I realized it's not her. Obviously, it's us because he had full control of her. Yeah, um, like, She'll be in training for one month and she will not care about bike or anything. And slowly, like as the training wore down, yeah, we're not consistent she will get aggressive towards the bikes. And, and like I'm at the point where for me, I want to be consistent. Like I tried, I'm, I'm off break from school and I was like, hey, let me try to watch these videos and train her. And she listens. So she's very driven by like, toys like yeah. she loves balls. sure I, like she loves them but i'm like and she'll listen to me if i have a ball but i want her to listen to me without a ball so i'm just like how do we get to that like she's really good if you have her favorite ball she will do anything you ask her to do but as soon as that's gone i, I haven't been like it's not very consistent like you tell her she's just looking at you like why <laughs> like mm-hmm. why do i do that um sorry but what was your question i can't remember which no, so it's the fine. Con- so I, the prong collar, I feel it works. It depends on who's using it. I, sometimes, so we sometimes argue because I've tried to like, I'm like, okay, hey, this is what Tom says in his videos. Let me try it. And if she like can be pretty good and I'm like, Kylie, she'll leave it. But um, it just kind of depends. Like sometimes we're like, we think we've made progress and then out of nowhere, anything we've done, she's just, she's just like very reactive or towards, like I said, bikes or motorcycles, or she just is like pulling too much. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your other question? No, that, that was it. Um, so just to let, <clears throat> re- excuse me, just to recap a little bit going backwards. So right now you've done quite a bit of, she's done quite a bit of training in, in a board and train facility. Is that correct? Yeah. And she had a, this was when she was younger recently, like two years ago. She, yeah, she was with a guy for like a month and a half, I think. Yeah. And, um yeah he did the same thing he like trained her she was fine so like i said she knows when she i feel like she does it when she wants to <laughs> that's, that's like mm-hmm. the but, but, but the bike training is like he had the opportunity to have his he had a train, motorcycle. Yeah, yeah so he had to train he trained her around bikes and motorcycle because somebody else would ride the bike in on her facility and then he will train her around it so for like good six months she was not reactive to them and even though, like, if I take her on a bike ride with me, she is scared of the bike. And mm. if I'm riding my bike, I come too close to our door and I cross it. At first, she will look like, who is it? If it's me, she doesn't bark. And if it's somebody else riding the bike, yeah, that's like. Okay. So so right so, now you're getting, you're, so four-and-a-half-year-old Belgian Malinois has gone through pretty good extensive training with somebody else in a board and train environment. Right now, you're working on reactivity to things that are moving, including bikes, rollerblades, yeah. etc., things like that, unicycles, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. And then you're also dealing with her just pulling you guys on the leash in general without any success. 
Um, one of the questions I did have uh, was, I, I know that you talked about your trainer working on the heel. Do, have you guys worked on the heel command and, and, and really focused on teaching her how to heal um, with, with you guys out, outside of training? So I think, I think the issue we're having is like, we don't really know how to, like we've used a different thing, right? So like my boyfriend actually uses heel for her to come, not to okay. heal. So, not, does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah, so yeah. And it doesn't, yeah. And it doesn't yeah. matter what you say necessarily. It's just what I usually yeah. use. So what do you guys, what do you guys use for heel? We, say, we tell her with me, Kylie, like to be with us, okay. like right next. Sure. Um, so, uh, Sorry, go ahead. So it's basically with me and like, so that's when she just. She, so she listens for a few minutes and as soon as something else interesting comes along or she smells something, she goes. Yeah. So okay. it's not, do you know what I mean? Like she I knows do. what she do and then she doesn't. And so I'm like, wait, what are you doing? So then it's just because it's like, what's going on? Like this frustrating thing. So I don't know if I need to give, like, I don't know if treats will work. I don't, I don't want to give her treats like that. Like mm -hmm. it's just, so do you, yeah, no, I understand. It's, it's frustrating. Do you feel like she knows with me? Do you feel like she knows what that behavior behavior means? She understands. I think she understands the concept. I don't think she knows it fully, if that makes sense. Like I, she knows what we're asking of her and she'll try it. And like I said, it works for a few minutes and then she'll do something else. And then we pull on it. We're like, hey, come back with mm -hmm. me. Sorry, but you can tell. I mean, I just watch her all the time and she's just like waiting. She's like mm -hmm. this little anxious thing. She's just like waiting to go to the next tree or something. Like okay. she's not very relaxed. And I'm just and like, the, what are we doing? That's causing her to be so anxious. And like just like wanting to like explore. Other thing that we know that she knows the command, because if we, we, if we don't, we stop like, okay, she's pulling too much. Just stop walking. As soon as you stop walking and you tell her with me, she will come and get next to you so nicely and quietly. And until you take a step, she doesn't move at all. She will be like with you right there. And then like in a minute or two, you start walking, she will walk with you. Yeah, so she just wants to be in front of us, which is not okay. <laughs> For me, I'm just like, why can't you just stay next to me? <laughs> so like, you know, yeah. So, yeah. so when you go out and you work on uh, with me, with her, this is something that you guys are working and practicing on uh, outside, or is this something that you guys practice regularly inside? I mean, because I guess what, what I'm trying to ask here is, is if you guys are struggling with any behavior, any type of thing with your dog, you, you really should be pulling the, pulling the, the reins way back and working on this in a very non-distracted environment with an opportunity for the dog to actually understand and capture what you want them to do. Okay. Yeah. So no, we do it on our walks. We haven't been like successful, like inside the, the thing apart. I, I don't know how to get away from it is I put the leash on her to try to train her mm -hmm. and she runs to the door and she thinks we're leaving. And I literally, it's like having a conversation with a kid. I'm like, we're not going outside. And I tug her and try to t teach her inside and her attention span will be like two minutes. Yeah. And then, she just like sits. She's like, this is boring. I thought we were walking outside or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, so I don't like, that's been like my thing with her. Like I, I, like I said, I tried training her. She listens for a few minutes inside. I don't know if we just need to go to like a park or something, or maybe like a different environment. I don't know. Like, like even, the, even because... if we try to do it in the backyard, she will walk with you like for two minutes. And then she just like tried to cling to you, like with her paws and everything. She's like, why yeah, I am always like a game. Inside the house? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So well, what you 
to find a place where there's no distractions. Well, I and, and yeah, I, th I think you guys just have to <clears throat> have to really create more clarity with her. I think when you're when you're working in and trying to work with a with a high energy motivated uh, working dog or just a just a dog with a ton of energy in general, you guys have to make sure that you're also providing her with the structure and the guidance and really the energy and, and the calmness moving forward that, that she needs to be successful. Yeah. So, so with that being said, I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways to do that. But if, if you grab the collar and you grab the leash and she runs to the door, you just have to spend sometimes up to a half an hour to calm her down and teach her how to train inside. Cause you're not, you're, you're kind of spiraling out of control where you're grabbing the leash to work on things that she has to work on inside because outside isn't realistic but mm -hmm. yet she can't work on inside. So then when you go outside, it's a nightmare because you, you, you're you not you're not having clarity and calmness inside to work on it. Do you know what I mean? So you have to, uh, yeah. yeah. So you just have to slow things down and and really pull things back and do the absolute best you can to, to put in the work to, to teach her what she needs to do and, and, and how to help her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because because right now it just seems like it's it just spiraling out of control where these little things create these triggers and she she spirals out or she gets very overstimulated and then you guys lose control. And then, mm -hmm. you know, it's like the whole old Caesar Milan thing. Like <laughs> if you go way back to <clears throat> Caesar's, I, I don't know, I haven't watched it you know obviously used to watch it back in high school or whatever way back in the day and well one of the mm -hmm. first things he always talked about i just remember was just creating calmness before you go outside which makes a lot of sense because mm -hmm. if if you're crazy inside and you're spinning and you're jumping and you're yipping and you're rah, 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 let's go like let's go let's go let's go let's go let's go and then you put the leash on you go outside boom you just exaggerated that even more and so yeah. that's kind of what it sounds like is going on inside is you guys are almost spiraling out of control inside and then you're putting the leash on and then you're going outside and yeah, it's not good. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So you. So I guess my point is, is if you're having problems with the with me, which is your heel command, which is walk nicely on a loose leash, right? Mm -hmm. If you're having problems with that outside, you can work on it outside and you can develop it. But really what you want to do, it's the same thing. Is you go, well, outside, um, she's just overstimulated and it's hard and she gets frustrated and she, she does this and she does that and she freezes up or whatever. It's like... All of those things are going to happen inside too. You just have to get the kinks out and get the gears out and really work on that inside mm -hmm. first. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I think, okay. Um, in terms of like the fawn collar, because um, mm -hmm. I was like, I sometimes get concerned that we're like putting it on sometimes too tight or too loose. When it's too tight and she's pulling, I She's so bad. <laughs> like you can hear her struggling, and I'm like, "Girl, you're choking yourself out." Like, mm -hmm. um, and then we put like an extra little piece of the prong, and then it feels too big, and because it's like falling closer, like to the rest of her neck, and then she's still like struggling. So, like, I guess my question is, what is the appropriate way to like use it so that we're just as effective and obviously like not hurting her? Um, I'm sure once we get that control and she's on heel, it's not going to be pulling her as much, but I just wanted to make sure that we're like using, I guess, like appropriately that we're not going to cause any uh, like harm to her. Cause she'll, you can tell she's like struggling. And I'm like, you're doing this to yourself. <laughs> like you're pulling. I don't know how to stop yeah. you from, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I yeah, do. I do. I do. I think, <laughs> I think 
Yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. And and to be honest with you, with all my experience, traditionally, if a dog is choking themselves out in the prong, it's just not being used right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, I, so I mean, go ahead. Do you really? Because the prong collar, this is also like, you pull it, it gets tighter or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then the same thing with the slip collar. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's the same. It's the same thing. So, it's so easier said than done. Like if, if I'm like, hey, you know, your your slip is is not your prong collar isn't working because it's not in position. I mean, it's it's easier said than done. It's obviously so when you're when you're working with any type of slip or prong collar, yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely um, a sense of uh, there's there's a sense of. Uh, I guess experience and craftiness that you have to have in order to get it right, especially if you're dealing with a dog that is difficult to deal with, which Belgian Malinois are traditionally not um, great <laughs> pets just in general. I mean, they don't do good, as good as, as other animals. But I think right now what you have to do and you have to really consider is just making sure that when you're when you're going out and you're using the prong, again, your egg, you're using it for something the dog understands, something that the dog really knows well, which the with me right now doesn't sound like it's like great, yeah. right? And then the other the other thing is, is just making sure that um, you're using the prong collar properly. It's fit properly. It's nice and snug right behind the ears. You're using the right gauge and you're also using the pop properly and you're using the, the correction properly. So it, any collar that has action, right? So a collar that kind of goes in between itself so it has a think of a martingale or slip collar or prong collar those have action things that don't have action are typically harnesses and flat collars these are things that don't have action they're just a one solid thing they're like the the flat collars are great for holding tags but they're not really great for training because it doesn't have action it could do more damage so the prong collar is going to be a safer tool but you have to make sure you're using it right so you have to give yourself a little bit of room in order to do that pop in order to do that correction so if the dog is pulling that leash all the way tight, your leverage is gone. The, yeah. the prong will not work at all. It doesn't work. So if the dog's pulling against it, that doesn't cause them the correction. A lot of people think that, that when the dog pulls against the prongs, that's where the correction comes in. That's, yeah. They don't care about that at all. I've demonstrated that several times on, on video cases. What what they care about is that correction and that, that pop that you do with the collar. But that's where you have to be ahead of the game. And you also have to make sure your brake command is clear. So how, how good is your brake command with the dog? Uh, we use okay, and she's pretty good about it. Um, but I, I don't know, like, like I said, she's good about it. Like when we're giving her food, she has to wait. Like with toys, she has to wait. We tell her, leave it. And then we say, okay, and she's good. Um, I don't think we usually use it. Uh, we only use it after she's been reactive. We tell her to sit. We try to like calm her down. Just wait. We just make her wait. We sit there for like three minutes or something until we see she kind of calms down. And they're like, okay. And she starts walking. But then she takes off. And you can tell she's like on high alert looking for like that bike or that motorcycle that just passed by. Yeah. Um, sure. But... And that's where your that's where your engagement comes in. So that's where you have to work on your engagement. And again, so that's doing back. So so doing things like I, I always say, like quarterback drawbacks, which is basically just <laughs> dropping backwards and saying, hey, yeah. you know, you, you would just drop backwards and say, hey, come. You call the dog, you pay him with a ball if they engage with you. But all of those things are things that you have to work on. Those aren't things that are just going to 
work. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, those are things that you have to actually work on. So you have to work on drawing back. You have to work on engagement. You have to work on directional changes. You have to work on uh, name recognition. You have to work on the timing of when you pay your dog. All these things are things that you have to consider. But these are all what make a good dog handler and a dog owner work. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. We have a lot of work. <laughs> well, I don't want to, yeah, and, I, and I'm not trying to overwhelm you, but let's just, let's just, let's, let's, let's play it out here for a second. So you go out with her, you get her on the leash, and you ask her to with me, you with me, one, two, three, four, five steps. You say sit, she sits, you say okay, and you break her out. Then she's on a break. And then what okay. you do is you give her her break, <clears throat> excuse me, you let her be a dog, you let her do the things that you know, she wants to do as a dog owner, et cetera, or a dog. And then, and then you say her name and you engage back into her and then you're healing with her and you're walking and things are going good and you're saying good with me and you're paying her a little bit and you're telling her good job, whatever. Right. And then you say, okay. And then you break the dog out and then, and then that may give her that slice of an opportunity to say, okay, where's the bike? Where's the rollerblades? Where's this? Where's that? And that's where you pay her. So you say, hey, I got a ball for you. So on, on the down, and these are things that most people have to do with working dogs is because they, if you get a working dog that's living in a pet home, it's going to be very difficult for you to engage with your dog into very constructive things unless you really practice it. So anytime your dog is not working and your dog is on a break, they are likely, in your case, that's the case, they're going to look for things to do. They're going to say, hey. I, I'm bored, so let's find the bike. Let's find the rollerblade. Let's find the squirrel. Let's find the other dog. Constantly scanning, constantly looking for something else to do alternatively than work for you. And they're workhorses. That's their job. That's that's their, what they're supposed to be doing. Do you, do you understand? So, so, yeah. so, so that's where you then come in and you play with your dog. You say, okay, break, and then you play tug. And you play tug, and then they win it, and you grab it back, and you play tug again. And these are things that you can do with just a simple ball and a rope. And then they're tugging, and then they have it in their mouth, and then they'll be content for a little bit. And then you say, out, the dog outs. They go, give me, 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 give me. And you say, okay, heel with me. And you walk forward, and you do it again. But these are all handling things. So it's I don't want to overwhelm you to say, like, oh, you know. Engagement is that. That's what engagement is. That's saying, here's an alternative to do something constructive other than scan the neighborhood and look for things that have wheels. Here's a ball. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes yeah. sense. Because, don't... like, I think it's perfectly, per- works perfect for her because we take her to the park and if we have the ball and she's playing with it, like she plays with a specific small little soccer ball. Mm-hmm. And if I have the ball and she's on set and she's listening to me constantly, like we are playing fetch and I'm also giving her commands to sit and stay and down, she will do that and ignore the bike for while we are engaging her. Yeah. And if we don't, the day we don't take a ball to the park, <laughs> the, and sure. she, she, I, she doesn't care who you are. She's like, you're not working with me. I'm a free dog right now. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. And that, and that's, but that's, that's the dog you got. Yeah. Yep. I mean, no, these yeah. dogs are supposed to be, or not supposed to be, I shouldn't say, these dogs are bred to wake up at 4 a.m. and, a military base camp and jump in a helicopter with three or four other dudes and dudettes 
uh, travel to the next state over, get 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 parachuted down, go and detect bombs, and go and detect all these different things and high blood pressure, and 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 cover their cover their individual and look for gunfire and and or they're out in a field chasing, and I mean these are. And I'm and I'm not just saying the Malinois. I'm just giving you like a military yeah. thing of a Malinois. I mean, there's so many dogs that do very similar things. But my point is, is it's the same thing as like an Australian Shepherd or a Border Collie. Mm-hmm. Like if you get these dogs, like they don't have days off at yeah. all. Like they, <laughs> like you have to work that dog. Like with Lakota, my Dutch Shepherd, she's a Malinois. She's yeah. the same thing. So I know that if I don't run her you know, she's, she's gassed up. She's ready. She, she needs to be ran. She needs to just release that energy. So I have to run with her at least for 15 minutes on the, on the, on the, on the chuck it just to kind of get some of that Malinois Dutch shepherd out of her to make her streamline. Like she's, she's, these dogs are super athletes and you have to, they have to be conditioned and they have to be worked. And if they don't, they kind of self mutilate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that too. Like, if we have a long day, we we make an effort to take her out. I mean, it's just walks or like the park, but at least for an hour, or so like three hours a day, like you know, different times throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And if we don't do that because we're like busy or work was crazy or you know we went on vacation, oh my goodness, the next time we take her out, it's like she's ridiculous. And I told her, I tell her, I was like, it's because we didn't work her, like. She's literally just like this, the amount of energy she has is ridiculous. Like, I'm like, wow, um, we need to do more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to work more on her because, yeah, she just has so much energy, like more, right? Because we haven't, we were out for a few days. And I'm just like. So what, what would you recommend for the bike training? Because like today I was walking her. First, there was a scooter a kid going on scooter oh, no. then we crossed this i'm like okay the scooter is gone she calmed down then we crossed the street she saw the bike to my right and we went straight across to the street but bike make a right turn now the bike is behind us and came same way and she went ape shit on it <laughs> so what do you so what's the question okay the guy sits down at the in front of the garage with the bike she ignores the guy totally. Like she has no issue with the guy when he's off the bike or with the bike itself. So we're trying to figure out how to train her because if I ride the bike, Jessica controls her. She's not going to react because it's me on the bike. So that's the other thing we are struggling with, like trying to figure out how to train her around those stimulations. Like yeah, in a control. Sure. Sure. So that's where leave it comes in. Um, that's where your with me comes in. So you have to, you have to be able to, again, like outlet some of these things. You have to make sure that you're, you're conscious and mindful about the situations that you're in. You have to be able to engage and disengage and to call off and all that stuff. I mean, it's a big part of, it's a big part of what you're trying to do here. Um, so, so I think, Again, it, it's important for you guys to have the obedience and have the control in order to yeah. control your dog in these situations. So again, if you're if you're out, you know, with with your particular dog, and all of a sudden she your dog gets stimulated by a bike or your dog gets stimulated by a rollerblader or whatever it is. Okay, well, it's like okay, your dog is 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 worked up. Your dog is excited. Your dog is ready to go. You need to say leave it. The dog goes oh, leave it. Boom, disengages, and then you say yes, and then bang, you pay him with a ball. 
right? Something like that. And you outlet them on that and you play with that. And then you, you play tug and you let them have it. And, but again, like all of that is handling, all of that is, 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 that's just handling dogs. I mean, it's just like anything else, like a good mechanic, a good chef. It's like, how did you know that that was going to do that? And this was going to do that. And this was connected to this and so on and so forth. I mean, these are just things that you have to just learn as you're handling a dog, but the more control you have, the better things are going to get. So I think, going out how much control do you have what are the things you're going to be doing i mean those are things you have to you know be mindful of yeah okay all right i'm just thinking about it okay Try how we're gonna implement all because that's that's the issue right I, I mean like i said i've been watching you for years and i'm like i know what we need to do <laughs> like, yeah it's probably how do i do it and 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 we're successful right like how how does that that's always been it's just like, I appreciate you saying like, okay, take a ball. Cause I did that once. I took like a, a one of her favorite tug toys and it worked for a little bit, but she, I don't know. She's just like, I don't know, she's, like she's just as smart. Like she will, after a while, she's like, I don't want that one anymore. And she decides like smelling the grass is more interesting. Right. Or, you know. Yeah. But that's the, t- that's the timing. Yeah, totally. No, I get it. And, but that's the timing that you have to have as a handler. You, you, you have to almost time your reward properly. You have to know when to take it away. You have to know when to grab it. You have to know when to shake it. You have to know, I mean, all of those things are such a, such a natural thing that, that just, you know, should come to some people to say, okay, this is a good time to play tug. This is a good time to reward. And, and again, like I'm telling you everything that I know that you're, you're looking for, for these answers. And, and, and really it's, it's, it's laid out the way that they are is if you're working on, you know, the, the two big things that you're struggling with is you're, you're struggling with the, the dog not healing. But mm-hmm. one of the things you said is, you, well, we, we don't work on it inside. Well, if we don't. you're right. So if you, if you, if you break it down and you, and you pull it back a little bit, it's, it's, there's layers and there's steps that you have to take in working with dogs. And the first step is, is step number one. And you can't successfully get to step number three, which may be working outside with your dog successfully unless you ste- start step one, or it's going to be very hard for you to do. So you're, you're, you're jumping steps and you're jumping levels and you're expecting the results that you would take if you did do level one, two, and three in order. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. if your dog doesn't heal well outside... It's like, okay, that is too hard of a task for your dog. Why don't you pull it back and work on it in a very non-distracted environment and really re-foundation, build your foundation again and rebuild? Well, I can't do that either. Well, that's, I mean, those are the steps you have to take in order to be successful. Now, that doesn't mean you can't build it up outside. I'm just saying the very minimal, easiest, simplest thing to do is to do it inside first and that's something you can't accomplish yet and those are things like again it's it, 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 i wish it was as easy as do these three things and your dog's going to listen to you but it's not yeah. so these are the types of handling things that i talk about often about i don't know exactly what you should be doing but what i do know is is you need to get that slip leash on or that prong collar on in your house and you need to start developing a foundational skill set created with calmness and if you don't have mm-hmm. the time to do that, then it's going to be very hard and unlikely, unlikely for you to be successful outside ever if you can't pull back and do it very basic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> do you have other questions? No. I think one plan of action is just, as you said, work with our inside. Yeah. And as we take her out, like we 
I think just take her. We walk her out like maybe a mile or two mm-hmm. and takes 30 to 40 minutes, maybe reduce the time outside and spend a little more time inside, like 20 minutes inside, 20 minutes outside. Right. Before yeah, and, every I th- and I just think p- pick and choose where you're going to work and when you're not going to work. So if you're mm-hmm. inside and you're working on the heel or the with me and the okay and thresholds and all that stuff, like those are those are things that you can create engagement with. Those are things that can help you become a better handler. Those are things that will help the, the dog have better expectations of when to get paid and look at you for that reward. So if you're inside, excuse me, if you're inside, and you have that ball that she absolutely loves and you put her on the left side, you put her on a slip leash and you move forward and you say with me and you go one, two, three, and she's looking at you. Where's the ball? Where's the ball? Where's the ball? Four, five, six, you're moving forward. Seven, eight, she's looking. Where's the ball? Where's the ball? Stop. Sit. She goes, no, no, no. Where's the ball? Where's the ball? No, no. Sit. You give her pressure. You immediately hold her accountable. You say, you have to work for this. So that immediately yeah. puts you in the driver's seat and you start to teach her. You have to work for this. You have to, you have to focus. I know you want it. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me the ball, give me the ball, <laughs> right? You, you say, okay, great. And those are the easiest dogs to work. The easiest because they're, they're telling you, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that. You say, hey, you do these. Once you kind of line the lock up a little bit, those numbers just line up perfectly and you start to teach the dog, hey, if you do this, this happens. And they're like, oh, hell Yes. Right. So those are the things that you have to really you have to teach her how to get rewarded. You have to teach her how to be patient. You have to teach her how to look at you to get what she wants. And those are the things that you would do inside. And then you say, "Okay, boom. And you throw the ball on the ground. She grabs it. She shakes it from left to right. You grab the ball. You play with her a little bit. Good girl. You give it right back to her. She's obsessive over it. She's possessing it a little bit. This is fun. She's having a good time. You grab the ball. You say out. Well, we don't know out. Well, then you can't do this either. These are things, see what I'm saying? It's like every, every single thing that you do when you work with a dog are compartmentalized like a dance routine. So when a dancer, I know this because my sister did ballet for 15 years, my younger sister, and I had to go to her stuff when I was little because we didn't have babysitter. Anyway, (laughs) so I, I, I used to watch the girls, they would learn one thing and then the other thing and then the other thing and then the other thing and then it became a recital and it looked flawless and it looked so seamless and it looked like, man, how do they remember all this stuff? It's because they practice each individual thing and then put it into a routine. And so with dogs, it's very similar. You have to compartmentalize behaviors in order to go out and operate that, that vehicle, if you will. So when they grab something, you need to say, out. Well, Tom, my dog doesn't know out and they don't let go of stuff. They don't, <laughs> of course, they don't let go of the ball. They love the ball. But you have to, those are all things that you have to compartmentalize individually. And, and those, that's exactly what you guys are dealing with is your dog doesn't know the behaviors foundationally. Like they don't, it's not, it's not imprinted well enough for you to be utilizing them in reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So can you just walk us through? Because, okay, we take sure. the ball outside and let's say we are doing some of the stuff and she sees the bite. Because I just want to distinguish between reward for her to coming back to me instead of like thinking like she attacked the bike. That's why she got rewarded. How we will try to distinguish between those well, two I, things. Well, I guess you wouldn't reward her if she reacts, right? Like you would. Just... No, she will react because that's what she do all the time. What do you, and... what do you mean by that? I guess so, I, what he's saying is like, okay, like if we're training her, she does good, you reward her. Mm-hmm. But I think what he like, if there's a bike and she reacts, right? Do I still give her the ball? 
Like, no, right? You wouldn't. You right, wouldn't you would. Right, you wouldn't. You, so, okay, so gr- this is a great question, and let me break this down a little bit and get get a little in depth. So, so say you're working inside. So, so what's today? Monday. Okay, so tonight, Monday night. The, just give me an example. You get around a slip leash or, or prong collar, whatever the heck you want to work on, and you work on you work inside, right? And you do with me five steps. Sit. She's focused. She's looking. She's looking. She's looking. Yes, bang! You pay the dog, or okay. And you throw the ball on the ground. She chases it. She gets excited. You do that tonight. You do that tomorrow morning. And you work on that. Look at me. Get what you want. Look at me. Get what you want. Look at me. Get what you want. You see a bike down the So then you go outside. You see the bike down the road. With me, directional change. Immediately switching gears. Turning the dog's head the other direction. You're walking forward. With me, good with me. One, two, three. Sit. She sits. She's focusing on you because this is what we worked on inside. Focusing on you because this is what we worked on inside. If I know I sit here long enough and I stare at you, I get paid. So those are things like inside you'll work on the durational engagement. So if I want a dog to look at me for longer periods of time, those are things I would lay out. And I would, and I would layer in inside. I would say, okay, you're going to look at me. One, two, three, break, boom. Okay. Look at me. One, two, three, four, five, break. So you would teach the dog how to look at you to get what you want. That way you can use it outside, right? Mm-hmm. So realistically, that may not work. She might have, she might be overstimulated. She might say, oh, no, no, I don't care about the ball anymore because there's a bike. There's a bike. There's a bike. It's moving. This is fun. This is exciting. Again, that's where you're, that's where you're with me comes in. How good is your heel? How good is how good is your relationship with your dog to say, hey, I want you to to walk nicely at my heels regardless of what's going on. So again, it it falls back down to your obedience. There's a quote that I said in in, in one of my training sessions that I'm going to use. It's basically, you you have to make sure you teach your dog manners if you want them to be polite in public. So if, <laughs> if you're if you're in if you're not teaching them what you want them to do, hey Tom, my dog freaks out when there's a bike. Where's your obedience? Doesn't exist. I don't care about it. Doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter to me. Like you can't you can't work on these external behavioral issues or in some cases these external behavioral inconveniences. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh my dog barks at bikes. Some people would be like, Yeah, I'll take that over my dog trying to eat the person on the bike, right? But <laughs> but of course for you guys it's like, no, that this is annoying, this is frustrating, this this is this is inappropriate, it's whatever. But again, mm-hmm. like where are you at fundamentally you know it's like if you can't even do if you can't do a leave it inside and you can't do a directional change heel inside there's no way you're going to be able to do anything outside it's apples and oranges it's not even applicable no okay i have another this is might be random but like is there you think there's like confusion with her when we're both handle her because like I feel like sometimes I'm I'm successful with her and then other times like if we're walking her together and I'm telling her to do something she looks to my boyfriend she's like because he he looks with her he, it's her dog it's his dog like and I'm just like excuse you <laughs> like I'm the one giving you commands like why are you looking to him for do you know what I mean like is, is it confusing her like or is this is this like normal yeah, I th- I th- yeah, it could be normal. I think it just comes down to good cop, bad cop, or it comes down to whoever the dog, you know, thinks they need to listen to that day or whatever. But I think at the end of the day, like, it doesn't matter. Like, you have to isolate yourself out and say, hey, whew, pay attention to me. What are you doing? 
but again, that's, that's just handling. It's just like being a good handler. Like you have to, you have to have that like responsiveness and you have to demand that from your dog. Like, Hey, me, <laughs> me. And that's, that's just something you have to have. That's that, that, that comes down to the way you talk. That comes down to the way you move, the way you breathe, the way your shoulders are. Everything matters with dogs when you're around them. They, they, they read you. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> because she's like, it's eighty twenty, so mm-hmm. Jessica will be here like yeah eighty like twenty percent twenty to thirty percent of time I'm here seventy, so say I take her walk on seventy percent of time and then sometime when she takes her on walk, it's like <laughs> it comes back and it's like okay this like she doesn't listen I'm like <laughs> I didn't have that issue with her like <laughs> yesterday, but I don't know if I'm a little more you're definitely more lenient lenient and resistant to her behavior well yeah yeah again it's 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 dogs are especially in malinois they're they're extraordinarily opportunistic and so yeah oh absolutely (laughs) it's just like with it's just like with just human behavior right i call it the substitute teacher effect you know within the first five minutes when a substitute teacher comes in if they're gonna you might as well just roll out the 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 tv screen because we're not listening to you or it's somebody that comes in that immediately demands respect and immediately picks up where the teacher left off and you'll know that like that that's why when when i turn around dogs so quickly it's because i don't take any shit immediately i'm like hey this is what we're doing and i and i and, and it's not about correcting and being aversive and being dominant i hate that word it's not about overpowering the dog and overtaking the dog it's about giving them clarity for their whole life, they're going, hey, can I go over here? Can I go over here? Can I go over here? What's this? What's this? What's that? Is there water in here? Should there be water in here? Hey, what's in the wastebasket? And the owners are going, hey, 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 hey. And I and I just take the leash and I walk. I don't say anything. Yeah. And then I go the other way and then they don't listen. Bang, they get a tug on the collar. They go, whoop, what the? And they come back and yeah. we do it again. And then eventually they're, they're tuned up and I, they start getting paid. They're like, wow, this is great. This guy's not blo- this guy's not you know chewing my ear off with information I don't understand. My dog, this dog, you know, this person isn't demanding things that I don't know what they are, right? So you just have to look at your relationship with your dog and really how your dog looks at you. Mm-hmm. But one thing I want to say before I forget is going back to the reactivity about the bike that you were asking uh-huh. about. They're they're definitely I'm I'm giving you fair opportunities to help with this thing so as a as somebody who works with dogs professionally my job and my goal is to always modify the way the dog perceives some of these things that are causing bad behaviors right so maybe they're fearful of men so they react I wanna, <laughs> on cue i want to change that perception right i want to change that perception of how the dog thinks of men i want you to not you know but so going back to the bike is if there are certain things like if I have a dog on a leash and they do something completely inappropriate, my goal is to be like, Hey, let's do this instead. But there are some situations where realistically that's not appropriate and you don't have, and the dog just doesn't know it. So if I put your dog on a leash and they started hysterically barking habitually at a, a biker, I would correct the behavior and I would say, leave it correction. And then I would say, Hey, let's do this instead. But if the dog doesn't know, hey, let's do this instead, they don't know that behavior, they don't know the heel, they don't know with me, it's still okay and fair to correct the dog for that inappropriate behavior because those are things we just never want to see. But yeah. on the flip, you also want to just say, hey, 
let's alternatively do this. That's that's usually a better outcome, but it, it it's not always real. That's why I don't train like that. There's people you got to teach the dog this first. Well, when I'm working with a dog that's trying to rip my throat out of my face, I'm not teaching them anything. I'm letting them know that that's inappropriate and they can't do it, and they're going to get corrected and punished for that. So there are certain things, just to add to this, that you can definitely correct without context of knowing whether it's wrong or right if it's something that is really going to cause the dog long-term anxiety, stress, or worse. Okay. Yeah. So it's like a kid picking up a rock and chucking it at somebody else's kid. Like, you're not going to teach them before. Well, yeah, it'd be nice if you taught. You, you never saw that before. You're like, oh, my God, I didn't. I never had that talk with them because they never done it. But when they're doing yeah. it, it's okay to yell and scream and grab their hand and say no. And then they cry and they get upset. And you're like, hey, tough love. Like, you can't do that. Like, that's fair to do with the dog as well. If they're going crazy at the at the little girl riding down on, on the bike and scaring that person or whatever, that's something that the dog is obviously has some anxiety and some stress about, which is inappropriate, and it's going to cause more anxiety and stress. So you can be the immediate uh, reinforcer and aversive to that and say, no, that's inappropriate, and that's fair. And over time, your goal is to kind of increase that bubble to say, hey, let's do this instead. And then once they do that, you can reward them for doing that other thing, show you're countering with obedience instead of just correcting. So, okay. But there is some compulsion, and there is definitely some some adverse training that goes on if the dog is doing things that are causing damage, you know? Yeah. Um, I think I had, this might be too much, but I have one last thing. Should we have a family friend dog who we love? And our dog actually doesn't really, she's not like, she doesn't really care about other dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, we take the park and she's just kind of like, eh. She's but, immune to the dog. And, like, like... and I think a lot of it is because I feel like she's an alpha. Like, like dogs try to play with her and she'll start chasing them and dogs scream and cry and she then she's like oh and she stops so like a lot of times she doesn't play with other dogs and then little dogs she she's not really care about she i feel like she's actually kind of scared of them she looks at them and she's like why are they barking so much and she avoids them but this one dog she's a pity we love her and it's actually a lot easier to train her (laughs) than it is our malinois um and Kylie cannot, like, she, as soon as she sees Azula, um, she just, like, jumps over her and shows her, like, I'm boss. And that can be, like, really frustrating to us because I'm just like, why, like, why is it that we can't get along? Like, I so I guess my question is, how do we stop that from happening? Or, like, how do we correct that? Because, you know, like, it's a friend. They're okay. They're like, hey, dogs are going to be dogs. But mm-hmm. for me, it can be really frustrating when, you know, she leaves her with, like, a little mark because she, like, scratched her. And on pity, it's like on her, you can see everything. She has like mm-hmm. a mark on her face. And I'm just like, seriously? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. when are you going to stop pinning her down? Like, um, And that pity is also very submissive. Yeah, too. that's the thing. She's super submissive. And Kylie's like, yay. <laughs> like, this jumps on her. And I, for me, at least, I don't know if that's necessarily something wrong, but I don't like that. Like, this is my friend's dog, and we can't have play dates because Kylie just will you know, show her who's boss. And I'm just like, oh, how uh-huh. do we correct? Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, no, I do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, part of it is is what you said already is dogs are dogs and they do certain things. So, again, like you have to look at the reality of what you're dealing with is I have a, a, 
high energy dog that's playing with another dog and the other dog is getting overwhelmed by the amount of energy and the kids are the same way think about like a kid you know you get little timmy over here that's just quietly observing a cartoon and then little jimmy comes in and just starts screaming and hammering <laughs> things and bebopping things and poking things and asking questions and trying to eat everything it's just like they're different things and 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 one may be overwhelmed by the other and and you know so so i guess my point is is yeah dogs are dogs and i i try not to correct yeah like, like primal like, play you yeah. know like if a dog's playing too rough it's it's kind of the other dog's responsibility to say okay this is too much and they will if it's too much they will now if you get a dog that's tail tucking running away and screaming then you have to advocate for that dog and say okay obviously yeah. my dog is too much for that dog and those are things that you can do for sure but you know other than that i mean the reality is is you, you just have to be you have to be realistic with what you want. What do you want? Well, I want my dog to play softer. Well, that's that's really hard to teach a dog to say, hey, <laughs> yeah. use, your, use your inside voices with this dog. I mean, that's hard. How do you do that? I mean, sure, mm -hmm. you, can, you can verbally, ah, no. And then the dog's, oop, you know, and the ears pin back. They, oop, sorry, right? Use that fear. Use a little bit of that correction there to say, okay, knock it off. And they kind of peel back a little bit. But other than that, I mean, it's, it's very difficult realistically yeah. to stop a dog from, from playing rough. So, uh -huh. I mean, there's things you could do, right? But you have to be realistic. I mean, if your dog is mauling the dog and whatever, I mean, yeah, you can correct that behavior and, and definitely tune that up a little bit. But if it's just the dog is overwhelming and whatever, I mean, there's what are you going to do? Yeah. You're like, hey, go play with this dog, but only so no. much. <laughs> it's like, yeah. how are you going to, you know, how is that fair? You know, the dog, this is how I play. I'm a rough dog. You know, it's like I'm energetic and powerful and you know and there's some dogs like i've seen 150 pound mastiffs play like a mouse right so there's just some <laughs> dogs who have that very intense physical kind of body to body type of play and if if the other dog is engaging in to play back and it looks like they're having a good time they are and you just have yeah. to let them be dogs you know they, they will let you know i mean the other dog will let the other dog know if, if enough is enough and then that's where you can advocate it's okay it's done we're tired or whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. I was like, you know, it's a dog thing, but <laughs> like, I, tell, yeah. I tell the other dog, just bark at Kylie. Like, you need to show right. her you're not. Like, bark back. Like, I encourage her. I'm like, come on. Like, yeah, don't let her sure. bark around. <laughs> like, just some, some dogs just don't. They're like, yeah, whatever, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, because other times, like, if a dog comes at Kylie she she's like she won't react unless the dog reacts with her um mm -hmm. and she'll react back and then the dog barks back at her and I've seen it Kylie steps down I'm like that's all you need to do like yeah. just bark at her <laughs> like, like if some other dog let her know that they are not okay with it she's like yeah. immediately back off she doesn't want nothing she then just play with them like other ways yeah, mm -hmm. but I, yeah. Um, so do you all so other question was like do you have anybody that you we are from San, oh, yeah. San Diego, California? Like, if you want to do some kind of training to like just a weekly training session, do you have somebody that you recommend that we can use in person in San Diego area or LA area? No, I, I don't know anybody out there, um, unfortunately. Uh, but you know, the best thing to do is to just you know go online and and start doing your research. I mean, I know that you probably have, um, but San Diego is huge. And, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> that area of California is, you know, you got everything. So it, it you know, just look at balanced dog trainers and, and try to find somebody that can help you. And, you know, there's, 
from what I've, one thing that I've learned over time, traveling, working with dog owners all over the world via online, just like we are right now, talking to dog owners from different countries all the time, is there's a lot of really crappy dog training out there, like a lot, a lot. And, you know, and when I say crappy, it's just like unethical, doesn't make any sense. The owners are scratching their head. The dog is scratching their head. We're not progressing. It's been week five and things like that's just terrible. And I've, and I've realized over time that that's more likely than finding a really excellent dog trainer that you can relate to that gives you information that's digestible, that you can understand, that you can go home and practice, right? So you got to have somebody that can, that can help you not only give you the information that you need of the things you're doing wrong, but teach you how to do it and be a good teacher. And I think you guys just have, and, and I've realized that like over time, I used to think like, that's the craziest thing I ever heard. And after about year five, I realized I'm like, there's just not many good dog trainers out there, it seems. I mean, mm-hmm. or I shouldn't say that. I, there's more bad tra- dog trainers or a lot more bad dog trainers or um, not skilled dog trainers uh, than there are great dog trainers that people really love, right? Most of my online clients don't say, I love my dog trainer. Some of them do. Yeah. Some of them saying like, oh, they're great, but these are these are the things that we're having problems with still, you know, whatever. So it, it's, it's definitely something that a lot of people deal with, including myself. Um, I've seen it firsthand, some, some training that I'm like, I, I just don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's, it's, it's not good for the dog. It's not good for the owner. They've been working on it for a year. This isn't working. Let's move on. So, Mm -hmm. so anyway, so little little tangent, but I think just, you know, doing your research, looking at social media in a sense of testimonials and sense of actually training the dog and things like that. And just trying to figure out what works for you guys. Okay. Yeah, I think we're going to stick with you. Thanks for now. And if in a couple of months it's not working, then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I, yeah. Do this first. And... Maybe we can sponsor a trip for you to San Diego. <laughs> You're crazy. Yeah. I go to San Diego. Well, I actually go to San Diego quite a bit to train, um, something that we do often. Um, but yeah, I, I would. For in person training, like if you are in San Diego, we try to get like a one-to-one well we don't yeah yeah that's the that's the only downfall to like my training that i do like that is when i go other places like i go to a different state usually once a month to train and that's because they they contracted me out so Mm -hmm. unless i'm doing a seminar where i'm like hey i'm going to be in california on these dates sign up we can hang out then i'm there and i'm gone like they hire me in for the three days and then i'm out the fourth day so welcome that's fine all right, Tom, thanks so much. You're welcome, guys. To- yeah, just remember, get back down to the basics and take your time and, and and really build up from the foundation. It makes sense. It makes total sense that you guys are dealing and you're frustrated with the things that you're dealing with because you're not, you don't have the foundation. So it makes it's not yeah. like, oh, your dog listens perfect inside, beautiful, and you go outside, it falls apart. It's like, you just, your dog just isn't listening anywhere yet. So you, <laughs> you have to just pull back the reins a little bit and, develop back up and, and rebuild and take your time okay sounds good all sounds right. good thank right. you. you guys yeah thank you good luck with everything okay thanks for signing up all right thank happy you. holidays you happy too guys holidays. thank you so much happy new year bye-bye all right you guys we're at the end of the podcast and last podcast i went over three really great questions and i don't have any new ones mainly because I recorded both of these on the same day, to be honest with you. So we don't have any new ones for for this one, but I do have a topic that I wanted to discuss really quickly, and then I'm going to do a podcast on it. But one thing that I do when I'm like traveling or I'm I'm constantly thinking of 
innovative ways to optimize my information and my teaching and my my I guess my content for you guys I'm always like like literally obsessive over like how to say things differently and how to make sense of some of the things one of the things that we talked about was I I wrote a note in my phone which you'll find thousands of if you ever took my phone I guess but instead of asking how you can stop a behavior or a problem think about what can you start so that means, and, and of course it doesn't make sense to you guys without context, so that means if you're having a problem with your dog, if your dog is barking, if your dog is pulling on the leash, if your dog has has habitual uh, running away habits, instead of trying to figure out how do we stop this, how do we stop this, think about the things that you can do to start. So if, so if your dog is pulling on the leash, you don't want to learn how do I stop this. You want to learn how to start to teach your dog how to heal. If your dog is running away, you don't want to stop your dog from running away. You want to teach your dog recall. You want to teach your dog to be fulfilled so they don't run away. So this is something I'm going to do a complete podcast on um, probably later next week. But um, I just wanted to go over this uh, with you guys because I think it's important. So again, instead of trying to figure out how you can stop something, think about how you can start something else to help with this little bit of information. And again, this is just because I recorded these both. I answered all the questions. So leave your reviews uh, next time. And I can't wait to see you guys uh, on the next podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.